What's up guys? It is Monero Matt back with another video. I'm doing this on the same day that I did the video about the trillions of dollars of capital moving into crypto and precious metals and into privacy chains, piracy chains. I'm starting to use piracy and privacy interchangeably now because, you know, I always talk about pirate chain a lot and privacy, piracy, it sounds really similar. So our wonderful piracy coins are getting a lot of attention now and... Let's take a look at the market quickly just to, uh, you know, get our fill for figuring out what's going on. See how our precious coins are doing. And I I'm curious what you guys use to get your privacy coins. Do you guys use Trade Ogre? Is that something you guys use? Do you guys use Qcoin? I know that's another popular one. Go ahead and leave a comment. Let me know. Looks like Pirate Chain's down a little bit. It's had a good run over the last couple weeks so it probably need a little bit of a pullback havens back up there it's good to see it back in the top four i think they've resolved a lot of the issues that they had where somebody was able to exploit the system to counterfeit a lot of haven which was an unfortunate thing and now a lot of people are iffy about it but ultimately the project is really solid darrow's down a little bit today we love that though but today i wanted to uh talk about um mining i want to talk about mining and if I didn't already, welcome Rick to the community. He had left some nice things on the channel. Uh, I don't know if I said that already, but welcome everybody who's new to the channel. We are producing, I think, some really good content. And if you think it could help people out, go ahead and share it. But I do think that we are talking about a lot of really uh, good things, which you know, I think you guys who are here on this channel and you guys who get what's going on in the privacy sector and what's going on in cryptos generally – I think you have an idea as to where things are going. That's why you're getting into the privacy coins. And we're ahead of the curve. I really think we're ahead of the curve in understanding these things. And, you know, Jeff Berwick, who is sort of like the godfather of this new movement into privacy coins, he was like, you know, getting into Monero and getting into Pirate Chain right now is sort of like getting into Bitcoin back in, you know, 2013, something like that, when it was still just a couple bucks. I still think that a lot of people are needing to wake up to the realities of things and um, hopefully we can help people do that but I want to talk about mining today because in Twitter uh, I got in contact with somebody who was curious about mining I didn't really know what to tell him because I'm not a technical guy again technical guy again uh, I just know about taxes again I'm an accountant I do bookkeeping taxes payroll stuff like that it, I'm not really involved in technology that much I mean I barely check my phone I'm kind of like an off-the-grid type guy but I do like uh, privacy coins. And if I could know how to mine Monero, I probably would. I'm interested in learning how to uh, mine Pirate Chain as well. Uh, if you guys have any resources on that, please send that my way because I'm a little bit curious about that. But today we're going to talk about mining. And as I started to get more into this, I started to, I started to recognize just how advantageous it is to mine Bit or Monero instead of Bitcoin. Man, I off it right now but um i think that a lot of people are going to wake up to how bitcoin mining is not as profitable as it may seem at first especially as the having continues and the rewards decline as bitcoin moves into the future because it doesn't have tail emission like monero does and tail and tail emission as far as i understand tail emission is something which allows the miners to continue to be rewarded because miners, they don't just mine the currency, they facilitate transactions. And when you get less and less of a reward for doing that, um, 
you're less incentivized to mine that particular cryptocurrency. And when there are thousands of cryptocurrencies, you know, uh, that you could mine, which may be newer than Bitcoin, you're going to be more incentivized to mine those because the rewards would be higher. And so the tail emission is important because, and tail emission basically means slight inflation. Uh, Monero doesn't have a hard cap like Bitcoin does. There's always going to be, I think the rate was about 0.6% uh, inflation a year, something like that, uh, in Monero. And so that's going to incentivize miners to continue to mine the coins and facilitate transactions, whereas Bitcoin, there's a hard cap. And I was talking to Trade Evader on Twitter about this, and he had some pretty good points to make about how because Bitcoin's supply is limited, which, you know, in our central bank hellish environment that we're in, that seems awesome. It's like limited something. Whoa, limited money? <laughs> I'm in. Uh, it actually can pose a little bit of a problem. You know, think about uh, gold mining, for example. Gold mining, people go out to mine gold when the gold price increases. And what does it mean when the gold price increases? Well, it means that that commodity is increasing in value relative to other commodities and to uh, goods and services in the market. And when there is that deflationary effect, because if the value of your money is increasing, that's deflationary, uh, that incentivizes people to go out and mine more gold and introduce more liquidity into the market. Because presumably... Uh, you have deflation when you have too many goods um, and you have too little money chasing those uh, that, that big amount of goods, right? So that's going to incentivize people to go out and mine more gold. And so as a result of that supply and demand uh, relationship, which tends to stabilize itself out throughout time, you have something which is a breathing, living uh, commodity, which, you know, people go out to mine gold if it goes up and people sell gold if it goes down or they store it, whatever. And so uh, it's unnatural for a supply of something to be as limited as it is with Bitcoin. And, you know, we don't fully understand the implications of that, I think. I think I myself need to learn a little bit more about this. All of us do. But in general, I could say it's a good thing because if you have a deflationary by nature currency, which Bitcoin is, because if the supply is limited and people are you know, consistently dying every year or people are losing their wallets or whatever, then the value of the currency has to go up relative to the increase in goods and services, the increase in economic activity. And so that incentivizes people to at least spend less because it's like, okay, well, I know my Bitcoin's probably going to be worth more next year. Or if somebody like loses a wallet with like a million Bitcoin, imagine that. Imagine that. Now, I don't know who has a million Bitcoin other than Satoshi, but like if somebody loses a lot of Bitcoin, that's a big news story because that's less Bitcoin in circulation, which means the price of your Bitcoin goes up. So you're more incentivized to save it, which is good. And I think that's how it is with most cryptocurrencies. But these are just some considerations, right? So we're going to read this article a little bit. We're going to look over the China Bitcoin crackdown, and we're going to try to tie some connections between what happened with China, what is happening now in the United States uh, because as much as people don't want to admit this I think we are you know becoming a little bit more like China than we are I think comfortable with just uh, look at exhibit one with the social credit system and people getting kicked off social media and everything like that you guys know what I'm talking about but 
Okay, so we'll start here because this is just an overview talking about uh, polluting sources of energy and all the stuff about how proof of work works. Um, the double whammy of an ESG-inspired blowback against the miners' high electricity consumption coupled with China's attack on digital currencies that compete with its own digital yuan. And so this is critical, right? Because China started to crack down on cryptocurrencies, especially when they rolled out their central bank digital currency, which Europe is working on, which the United States is working on, as we've talked about before. And so once these currencies come out, um, they're going to find ways to crack down on the competition. Uh, an unprecedented crackdown on the local Bitcoin mining industry re resulting in countless mainland Bitcoin miners shutting down and in many cases moving to more hospitable and cleaner energy venues such as Texas and Florida. Now, if you, if you want to know where I am, I don't want to get into a climate change discussion, but I think a lot of this clean energy stuff is uh, it, it's not entirely necessary. I mean, yes, living in Shanghai is probably less preferable than living you know, in the Amazon rainforest, you know, the oxygen is probably better in the Amazon rainforest, but um, ultimately CO2 is plant food, right? Um, and the earth is a self-regulating mechanism. It doesn't just go one way into infinity and turn into, into Mars. I don't think that's how it works, but I'm not a climatologist. We'll just skip, skip past that. For the past half year and a half, the past year and a half, the loud whirring of tens of thousands of high-powered computers filled a cavernous warehouse. Um, so this is what you're looking at when it comes to Bitcoin miners. And um, this is what I also wanted to comment on. So with Bitcoin mining, because a lot of it requires machinery and a lot of it requires getting these things called ASICs, uh, hardware devices, um, you have sort of an economies of scale thing kick in. Now, typically with economies of scale in a free market, that's great because that means you have some firms which are making a lot more goods and are employing a lot more services um, for a cheaper price. Because, you know, if you have more of a market share, that means you have more capital to deploy and you can invest in things which make your operations more efficient. And you can uh, generally do the same job as a small business, but for much cheaper because you're doing it for so many other people. And so typically this is a good thing, but it also, it also significantly reduces the decentralization. And so what you're dealing with when you have a few big entities which have taken over a particular market is you have more concentrated central nodes of failure. If you're, if you're thinking about like the internet, right? I mean, we've seen the internet go out a little bit recently. If you have a couple of those warehouses where a lot of the servers are stored, get cyber attacked or go down, then you have like 20% of the internet that goes down, right? So you have more central nodes of failure and that could be problematic in an environment where central banks are coming out with digital currencies again that are competing with Bitcoin. And that could be an issue. I mean, just look at big tech, right? Look at big tech where you have a few social media giants, which have all, as far as I'm concerned, except with Gab, been reined in by the government. And, you know, they have patents 
They have all these things which allow them to solidify that market share, network effects, and things like that. People are invested in the platform. And so they have an economies of scale thing too. But what happens when those central nodes of failure get co-opted by the government? What if that happens with Bitcoin? What if the government gets in control of the Bitcoin mining process? Maybe the, the government just prints a bunch of money and then the government buys out these Bitcoin mining farms and, uh, you know, that, that could be problematic. Maybe they shut it off. You know, who knows? Who knows? And then other people will be incentivized to mine it as well. But, you know, that, that could be something which causes unstableness in the mining operations of Bitcoin and the transaction facilitations and stuff like that. And the argument is, well, I mean, if there's ever problems in the United States with mining, just like there was in China, they'll go somewhere else. And maybe they'll go to El Salvador or something like that. But uh, I would rather have a more decentralized operation. And with Monero, people can just flip open a laptop like me here and mine it. People can mine it all over the world. If you have a laptop, if you have internet connection, you can mine Monero, you can mine Pirate Chain. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know too much about the my, the pirate chain mining, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to look into that. If you guys have any resources on that, please leave a comment and hit me up. But this is just talking about his facility being shut down. And guys, I want to know what you think about Bitcoin mining versus Monero mining because... Again, I'm not too educated on this stuff. This guy asked me to look into it. Um, and you guys may more may know more than I am. Man, I can't get my words out of my mouth today. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Okay, and that's all well and good. So basically, look at the hash rate here. Uh, look at how much it declined since China cracked down. Say the United States cracks down, it could go even lower. The argument is, again, it could go back up if a lot of these miners move to El Salvador or something like that. But what are the tax rates going to be like in El Salvador? Again, you're dealing with the South American country. And South American countries are traditionally socialist. And if you have a lot of wealth pour in as a result of a lot of this Bitcoin stuff, it could be that they're heavily taxed. And we're going to get to the taxes here in a little bit later in this video, which are very important, which definitely make Monero look a lot more attractive. But... Uh, you know, South American countries are kind of socialist, right? And El Salvador may be pretty capitalist right now, but as the wealth increases, you know, the whole IQ thing is going to kick in again. You know, you're going to get socialism. And what does that mean for Bitcoin? What does that mean for mining? When they come after the rich Bitcoin hodlers, these are all questions. These are all questions and risks. So... Companies are banned from mining Bitcoin, but individuals aren't. So, again, guys, leave a comment. Why would you mine Bitcoin instead of Monero? Because if you mine Bitcoin, you have to get an ASICs thing. Maybe it's easier to mine Bitcoin because there's so many more resources out there that educate people on how to do it. Um, what would be the incentive you would have to mine Bitcoin? Let's make this an open discussion because I don't know too much about this, to be honest with you. I'm just thinking out loud here with you. Uh, oh, he's a billionaire due to his early investments in Bitcoin. Well, after taxes, you probably won't be. 
should probably atomic swap out into Monero. During peak seasons, Liu said his farms could mine 70 to 80 Bitcoins every day. About 900 Bitcoins are issued each day globally. How long will that go on is my question. And when that doesn't go on anymore, as we said earlier, what incentive are people going to have to mine Bitcoin? Why don't they move on to a newer cryptocurrency? If they move on to a newer cryptocurrency, which is probably going to be more uh, technologically sophisticated than Bitcoin because Bitcoin will be older. What will make people stay in Bitcoin is my question here. So we're reading more about this. This guy's getting into oil fields. Interesting. He is diversified into healthcare, real estate, gaming, entertainment businesses. Good for you. In fact, some fossil fuel rich states in the U.S. are now welcoming crypto operations that can use up to stranded natural gas produced by oil companies. And this is another question that I have. Um... Join me in discussion with this. If oil goes up significantly, because we're in an inflationary environment right now, if oil goes up a lot, what is going to happen with Bitcoin mining? Will it be still profitable? Because you still have to use a lot of electricity in order to mine these things. And if the rewards are going down while inflation is going up, the cost of mining those rewards are going up, that can't be good, right? That can't be good. And I predict oil to continue to go up in value. It's one of the commodities that we talked about in the last video that's going to get a lot of investment, a lot of capital pouring into it because it's a real thing. People are going to get out of these phony financial instruments and get into oil and gold and crypto. But here's my question. Here is my question. Let's say oil goes to $200 a barrel. Let's say... Supply chain issues get even worse. You can't keep the lights on. I mean, we saw during uh, the reopening that cyber attacks happened on oil infrastructure, which sent the cost of fuel up significantly. And if the cost of fuel goes up significantly, what does that do to Bitcoin mining? What does that do to the bottom line of these Bitcoin mining companies? questions, right? These are just questions I have. Do, do, do. So a lot of people are going to Texas to mine Bitcoin. That is interesting. So let's move on to the next article. That's some interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, Monero and Bitcoin mining, what is the difference? And I skimmed over this article a little bit. There's some interesting stuff in here that we could talk about, which I think makes Big or uh, Monero look incredibly good. Incredibly good. When a person says the word Bitcoin, what do you think about? For many, it's privacy, anonymity, the ability to complete a transaction without a footnote. Uh, no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all, man. Uh, for many, for many, how long, my many people, how long will it take you to learn? So unfortunate, so unfortunate. These people are going to flood into Monero and Pirate Chain. We just have to get the word out, ladies and gentlemen. For many, it's privacy and amenity, the ability to complete a transaction without a footprint. Man, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? I wonder what 
currencies do that. Bitcoin was the first to market, holds the highest coin value, and retains the position as market leader, but it's not without competitors, and one such competitor is Monero. Cryptocurrencies are widely known for providing a higher level of privacy for transactions, but the developers of Monero found privacy wasn't as robust as most expected in Bitcoin. And let me add that. Seeing this drawback, they created a new cryptocurrency, one that was designed to truly protect privacy. Okay. Bitcoin transactions aren't linked to personal information. Well, they are now in many cases because a lot of people are buying this stuff off uh, exchanges, which are becoming ever more uh, KYC, know your customer. That's happening with Binance. That's happening with Kraken. Uh, Coinbase, that happened a long time ago. So a lot of people who have Bitcoin, it is actually linked to their personal information, their social security, their everything. Which means you better pay your taxes, but they are linked to your wallet. Right, and if you take your Bitcoin off an exchange that's near your customer and you send it to a wallet, it's probably your wallet, right? It's probably your wallet. And it, this is something that I thought about when Amazon started to think about providing services, or at least it was in the media that they were thinking about provi providing services and goods for Bitcoin. Uh, are you going to purchase your Amazon goods from your exchange wallet? That would probably be the smartest thing to do, but a lot of people are probably going to use whatever private wallets that they have in order to transact with these big corporations once they adopt Bitcoin. And that's going to identify you, right? Because you have an Amazon account. Amazon's got your address. Amazon's got your phone number. They've got all your information. And so once you make a transaction from any wallet to Amazon... Uh, you're exposed. You're out. And a lot of people will find themselves in that situation. And Amazon, of course, will probably have a deal with the government. They have many deals with the government already. Washington Post, I think, is funded by the CIA. Uh, Jeff Bezos has a close relationship with the government, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, the government will figure out your, your wallet once you start transacting with big corporations like this. Uh, so moving on. With a little analysis, it's, entire, it's entirely possible to uncover a person's identity by observing patterns, time zones, and other key pieces of data. This could be very problematic in a variety of situations. It's going to be very problematic in the world that we're going into, that's for sure. Oh, boy. For example, let's say that you are visiting an area with a high crime rate and decide to make a payment with Bitcoin. Although the recipient of the payment can't see your personal identity, they can see how much money you hold in your Bitcoin wallet. And if that balance is high, this transparency could pose a security risk. And I don't even think about that in most cases. Um, if you're in a place with a high crime rate and certain American urban Wakanda-like cities are coming to mind, like I, uh, I don't think they're going to be sophisticated enough to figure out what's in your Bitcoin wallet. I... I Frankly, I don't even think I'm sophisticated enough to understand that. But I guess in this new cypherpunk, cyberpunk world we're going into, that could be a thing. Who knows? Who knows? Another example is a business that pays suppliers with Bitcoin. The suppliers can view how much currency that business has and guess whether they're price sensitive. 
Yeah, and so we were just talking about that, right? And this is another video I'm going to make later uh, because we're moving into an environment where there are going to be more uh, price uh, supply shortages. I need to just slow down my talking speed. There are going to be more shortages of supplies, which means there are going to be price controls, which means that businesses are going to have to compete with one another to get certain goods. And if that's the case, I predict that there's going to be a black market which opens up for these goods. There's going to be under-the-table bidding wars. And how to best compete in these bidding wars, how best to get these resources, than to use a black market currency that can't be tracked or traced like Monero. And so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that takes away negotiating power, reduces the amount of information asymmetry, which could adversely affect negotiations. The supplier could also uncover other types of sensitive details, such as what other suppliers the company does business with. These are all great points. I like this article. <laughs> These are things I personally haven't really thought about, but... I'm glad we're learning together why Bitcoin is an inferior cryptocurrency, which it truly is. So Bitcoin and Monero use different mining algorithms with Bitcoin using uh, the SHA-256 algorithm and Monero using Kryptonite GPU mining. And GPU, I guess, means you can mine it on your computer. Uh, this creates a few differences between the two. For example, the Bitcoin algorithm runs on much faster custom mining chips known as ASICs, Application-Specific Integrated Circuits. At first glance, this may seem like a benefit, especially if you can afford to invest in ASICs computer for mining, but it does pose some problems. ASICs computers have a great advantage over CPU and GPU equipment because of the more computing power. This makes it pointless for miners to attempt to use any other type of computer when ASICs are in use. Having a large number of ASICs operating also creates a concentration of miners in various parts of the world that have low energy costs since these units consume large quantities of power. Uh, so this is what we talked about before, but I also want to highlight that various parts of the world that have low energy costs and parts of the world that have low energy costs are typically places which will have the highest political risk because these are the places which are being exploited for the oil and for the most part rely on their oil. So think about Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, taxes are going to be high, regulations going to be high, um, places in Africa probably, right? Monero mining is designed in such a way that ASIC computers do not have much of an advantage over ordinary computers. As a result, Ordinary people can use simple CPU and start mining right away on their computer, which makes the process more user-friendly. Yeah, this is fantastic, right? This is a more democratized, decentralized way to facilitate mining of a cryptocurrency, which is fantastic. I mean, cryptocurrency is all about bringing the power of the purse back to the private sector, bringing it back to the people. Let's not ever forget this. Like, I know a lot of us, again, are in for the gains and... We've got the laser eyes and everything like that. That's all fun. But we're trying to have a financial revolution here. We're trying to defeat the bankster cartels, which are destroying our planet, destroying everything. 
And even if you're one of these people who believes that climate change is a big issue, climate change is happening because of the banksters. Like the destruction of the environment, which actually is a thing, and I'm very sympathetic towards that. I'm somewhat of a conservationist. I love nature. But a lot of this is happening because of the banksters. Like what happens when you pull a lot of demand out of the future? That's debt. That's debt. When you are at $28 trillion in debt, that essentially means you're consuming $28 trillion of future goods and services. You're pulling that demand out of the future, and you are by definition consuming unsustainably. You are taking more out of the environment than you're putting in, and this can't be sustained. You're consuming more resources than uh, can be used in the future because the resources will have to be paid back in the future, and the resources aren't going to be there. And we talked about this in the last video. A lot of the debt is worthless, which means that ultimately we have a resource problem. And we have a resource problem because of the banksters that we are looking to fight back against with cryptocurrency. So we need decentralized, privatized cryptocurrency, which is back in the hands of the people. And there are so many great quotes from our founding fathers here in America that I could talk about, talking about how central banks are far more ominous and far more deleterious and dangerous than standing armies. They can take control over everything and they can ruin everything. And that's what they've done. That's what these central bankers have done. They've committed serious crimes against humanity. Like everyone's talking about like what's going on with the vaccine and you know what's going on with COVID and oh these doctors uh, who are pushing this vaccine on everyone when it hasn't been tested, and it's this new technology, the mRNA technology, all these people who are getting this jab and are having these terrible illnesses. That's all terrible. Don't get me wrong. And there definitely are, I think, some Nuremberg connections which can be made with that. But you just wait and see what these central bankers have done. You just wait and see. And what they've done is... I don't even want to say this because it's kind of disrespectful, but it's worse than what anyone in the 20th century did. When you look at the body count, that's going to result of all this money printing and all this chicanery. It's, you don't even want to think about it. You just don't want to even talk about it. But they are the people we are revolting against with Monero. Monero's our flag. Monero's our, our battering ram. Right, Adaptive block size limit. The Bitcoin network can get busy, and Bitcoin has a maximum block size, which can slow down transactions during peak times. Paying higher transaction fees can increase speed, but this can get expensive. Monero has an adaptive block size limit, so if transaction volumes get high, the size of the blocks can automatically expand. This is a critical advantage for cryptocurrency users, because with some recipients requiring double verification, transaction times can be significantly delayed. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, if you know what that means, please leave a comment. Um, help us understand this. Adaptive block size. If the transaction volumes get high, the size of the blocks can automatically expand. That sounds cool. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, future developments, passive network monitoring. As far as I can understand from what that means, it just means it's more efficient. It's more cost-effective to transact in Monero. 
one of the major advantages that has led to Monero mining is that it provides greater security and privacy than other coins. This benefit may get even stronger in the future with the development of passive network monitoring. Developers are currently working on an invisible internet project. It's just amazing. The more that I get into this stuff, the less I know. I mean, these developers are geniuses. I love these guys. If you're a Monero developer, leave a comment. And if I can talk to you, if we can do like a live stream or something like that, that would be awesome because I have so much to learn about this stuff. And invisible internet project uh, stuff, that sounds really, really cool. And I'd like to learn more about that. Uh, so there's greater security and privacy. It's fantastic. The project would protect users from passive network monitoring. For example, people wouldn't be able to snoop in the system and attempt to learn more about transactions and the identities of individuals. The existing system is very private, but this additional safeguard would also provide additional protection. Now, I actually thought about this in regards to Bitcoin, and I think that, you know, we were talking about Amazon earlier and how people would uh, presumably, if Amazon went through with their plans, use, they would be able to use Bitcoin in order to purchase things off Amazon. Well, would people be a little bit spooked by them receiving advertisements for more things that they bought Bitcoins with? And I imagine that advertisers are already on the hunt to figure out how it is that they can use Bitcoin flows on the network to figure out how does they can sell things to people who own certain wallets, which is another reason that I think that the regulation is going to come down on Bitcoin is because advertisers have a lot of power. Google is an advertiser, right? They make a lot of money from advertisements, and Google is one of the biggest internet providers in the world, also one of the biggest advertisers. So they are going to be highly incentivized to lobby the government and get the government to have people register their Bitcoin wallets. And what will happen in this case is when people transact with their Bitcoins, their internet money, and everything can be seen, that's going to give Google and co and the other big tech companies, PayPal and all these other people, significantly more power and significantly more information with which to advertise with and get more money and consolidate more power, right? And so these are things that I think are fantastic for Monero. I mean, again, privacy is just so key. It's just so key, right? Moving forward, Bitcoin was the first to market and the cryptocurrency that most people think about when deciding to give digital currency a try. So this is just wrapping things up. Great article. Great article, Genesis Mining. Thank you so much. Is there somebody who authored that? No. Okay. And this is the last thing that I wanted to go through were the tax implications. Again, I'm a tax accountant. If you have any questions about cryptocurrency taxes, please email me. We could get in touch. Uh, IRS guidance on cryptocurrency mining taxes. Mining cryptocurrency creates multiple tax implications that must be reported on separate forms. This can get complicated fast. Not if you are mining Monero. <laughs> well, as a tax professional, I must advise that you pay your taxes. Right. But if you are a criminal, if you're somebody who's 
operating outside of the system illegally, uh, you know, it doesn't have to get that complicated. In this post, we'll break down how mined virtual currency is taxed, uh, deductions, blah, blah, blah. So this is talking about capital gains and losses, which we've talked about in previous videos. And yeah, I know a lot of people who mine cryptocurrency. I imagine you guys do too. If you guys do know somebody who mines cryptocurrency and isn't aware of this stuff, feel free to share this with them. Um, and they don't report their taxes. They know nothing about the taxes involved in this stuff. And if you're making a lot of money mining cryptocurrency, again, you have to make estimated tax payments every quarter throughout the year. Even if you pay all of your taxes on April 15th, they're still going to charge you penalties for that which you did not pay taxes on throughout the year. A lot of people don't know this. Mining cryptocurrency creates multiple tax implications that must be reported on separate forms. Yes, you, you already said that. Do, 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 do. With increased enforcement on cryptocurrency tax evasion. And we just talked about recently how the IRS was granted $80 billion by the government to increase its enforcement. And a lot of that's going to be wrought down on our crypto friends, unfortunately. God bless them. But uh, the IRS coming after your money. Proper reporting is more important than ever. Uh, what are the crypto mining taxes? The crypto mining taxes are equivalent to that of ordinary income taxes. So when you successfully mine virtual currency, you trigger a taxable event and must report the fair market value of the mine coins at the time of receipt. So I haven't mined cryptocurrency before, but you have to keep track of when it is you got cryptocurrency in your wallet from the, your mining operations. I don't think a lot of people are doing this, right? And I hope that your wallet and whatever mining technology you're using is able to keep track of that because if it's not and you're mining some of these public blockchains, uh, that's going to make it very difficult for you to report this stuff. Which I guess at the same time makes it easier for the IRS to not figure out what your basis is and what you owe. So there's one thing about that. The fair market value of the virtual currency will be added to your other taxable income received throughout the year. As of 2021, the ordinary tax rates range from 10% to 37%. And if you're a corporation buying this stuff, I believe with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that Trump mined in 2017, I think it's 21% for corporations. So corporate tax rate. Yeah, 21%. Average tax rate. Actually, I think that's the flat tax that everybody has to pay. But we'll get to deductions a little bit later. Uh... So mining is a unique situation because unlike most forms of income, there is no employer to issue a W-2 reporting on gross income. And to complicate this even more, most mining companies are also not issuing 1099s reporting the income received. Right. So that, yeah, that adds a little bit of a complication. And 
1099, what that means is you are an independent contractor. And as we said before, if you're an independent contractor, you're basically running your own business, in which case you have to pay estimated taxes. You have to pay your own taxes. Excuse me. And because a lot of people aren't receiving these tax forms in the mail when they're mining, they don't think they need to pay any tax on it. And this is not true. This is not true. Uh, if mining crypto is a hobby, you report this income on 1040 as other income. Yeah, problem is, though, if you report it as a hobby, you can't take deductions. You can't take losses. So that's something to keep in mind. Business, if mining crypto, I mean, you used to be able to, but now after the, talk, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you can't deduct hobby miscellaneous expenses. So you'd want it to be a business if you were to do this stuff. And the IRS classifies things as a, as a hobby if it doesn't make money. And if you're mining cryptocurrency, I don't know how you're not making money unless you're just, you know, a little bit special. Businesses, if mining crypto as a business, you will report the earnings on Schedule C and are eligible for deductions, which we'll discuss below. And TaxBit is giving their spiel. Selling mined cryptocurrency creates a second taxable event. When you dispose of cryptocurrency, such as through selling, you will incur either a capital gain or capital loss. Okay, so if, if you were running a mining rig and you mined Bitcoin, let's say you mined, let's just keep it really simple. Let's say you mined a Bitcoin, right? And Bitcoin's $40,000. You have to report that $40,000 as income. And so that's already going to be taxed. Now, that becomes the basis for the Bitcoin that you hold. And if Bitcoin goes up to $45,000, you then have to pay $5,000 in capital gains taxes on top of that if you decide to sell that Bitcoin. Oh, the fun that people have with their public blockchains. Oh, boy. Doesn't Monero sound pretty good right now? <laughs> capital gains loss sale price minus cost basis we talked about this but we'll go over this again your cost basis is the value of cryptocurrency at the time it was mined subtract this value from the amount you sold the mined coins for to determine your capital gains and loss sale. yeah exactly what we just said and these are your deductions you could deduct your equipment your electricity costs and I do people have a way of measuring their electricity costs that they put into mining their Bitcoin? I'm curious about that. Do people just write off their entire electric bill? I don't think you could do that. I think you have to determine... Yeah, so if you're mining from your residence, you will need to track and allocate the amount that is attributable to mining. Yeah, so if you mine from your residence, then you should use a separate meter to ensure you can properly allocate the energy consumption for mining, in which case you could probably deduct that separate meter as well uh on your taxes but are people going to go out and get a separate meter do you know anyone who's done that no uh but then again most people i don't think are taking any deductions for this stuff but they aren't reporting it either repairs if you need to repair your mining equipment then you can deduct that rented space if you rent a space you could do like a home office to yeah yeah you could do home office deduction but 
here's a warning, and this is why I actually wouldn't recommend you you do this. I wouldn't recommend that you do the home office deduction because the IRS is known to audit more frequently people who take the home office deduction because people take huge advantage of that. And, you know, people pretend like half of their McMansion is their office. And so people take a way bigger deduction than they would otherwise be able to take. And it's a great deduction. I mean, you can deduct some of your rent, which is fantastic, but uh, it, it makes the IRS look more into you. And if you're already involved in cryptocurrency, you don't need the IRS to look more into you. Okay, I don't even need to explain that after everything we've talked about. <laughs> you don't want that to be the case. So this is just a recap of everything we've talked about. This is a longer video than I thought it would be. It's been a long day. That's probably why I can't talk anymore. But let's go full screen. Yeah, so there's a little bit of information on mining. Mr. Lazarus, who we met on Twitter today. Good to be friends with you. But as far as I understand, based on the articles that I, I just read, it, being in Monero is a no-brainer. Mining Monero is a no-brainer. Um, I have to say to report your taxes, but they have no way of seeing whether or not you're mining this stuff, as far as I could tell. I would use a VPN if you're going to mine this stuff. Uh, yeah, so guys, let me know what you think. I have nothing more to say about this. It's uh, an interesting field to get into. If you have any more resources on this stuff, if you're a Monero developer, if you're somebody who knows more about mining, I'd love to talk to you. Maybe we could set up like a Zoom chat to throw on the channel because uh, I'm a noob when it comes to this stuff. I am a total boomer. I know nothing about mining. I've never mined cryptocurrency in my life. So uh, please leave comments if uh, you know a little bit more about that than I do. And Trace Evader, maybe you could offer some insights as well. I'll hit you back up on Twitter. But yeah, that's, that's basically just a bit. Uh, if you like this video, please like the video. If you think it's good content or if you know somebody who could offer some helpful information to our little community that we've got going on, uh, please share it to them. And that's about all for this video. I have nothing more to say. Uh, second video of the day. Clearly, I need some sleep. I was just tripping all over my damn words today. But, uh, yeah, it, it was good to spend more time with you guys. Uh, subscribe. Uh, I have, like, a little sticker now on my videos that say to do that, which is fantastic. First time I've ever had a YouTube channel. Other than one that I had before, which kind of failed, <laughs> clearly. But, uh, yeah, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, God bless. Oh, and one more thing. Check me out on Twitter, Gap, and everything like that. Gotta throw the promo in. Bye-bye.